What is up, guys? This is Alex Osterly, and thanks for tuning in to episode 16 of Food Marketing Nerds. Now, when it comes to companies who win awards for product innovation, the first thought that probably comes to mind is this hot new startup that's on the bleeding edge of an emerging trend. And while that might be true in some cases, B&G Foods is no startup by any stretch of the imagination, and they've been reinventing some of the most classic brands in the CPG industry lately, and picking up some awards along the way while they're at it. Today we're talking with Juve Marchisio, marketing director of B&G Foods, about innovating both from a product development and a marketing standpoint, with some really great examples from the brands in his portfolio like Cream of Wheat and Ortega, you might have heard of them. On this episode, you're going to learn how to take an analytical look at growth opportunities for your brand, where and when to start generating demand for a new product launch, what characteristics make food companies an attractive acquisition target, and a whole lot more. So let's go kick it with Juve. Welcome to the Food Marketing Nerds Podcast, where we talk marketing, branding, and social media with the smartest minds in the business. Here's your host, Alex Osterly. Today we've got Ju Marchisio, who's the marketing director of B&G Foods. Thanks so much for being on Food Marketing Nerds, Juve. Thank you very much, Alex. So can you tell us a little bit more about BG Foods and your role, really how you got into the, where you are today? Sure, uh, absolutely. B&G Foods is a uh, food manufacturer and owner of a lot of different food brands that you probably find all over the supermarket or all over your uh, local Walmart or Target store. A lot of center store, nostalgic old-style brands like Ortega Mexican Foods, Cream of Wheat, Hot Cereal, Green Giant Frozen Vegetables, and, and whatnot. So we have a lot of those uh, nostalgic, iconic food brands out there that you end up filling your uh, shopping basket with at the end of the day. Great. And so have you been in marketing roles your entire career? Uh, for the most part, yes. I actually started out my career in a sales opportunity. I was working for uh, Heineken USA at the time as a sales analyst and then in a uh, business development role and then quickly made the jump over to consumer and brand marketing after that point. You know, uh, there's a lot of a lot of similarities between sales and marketing and that kind of thing. So I always appreciated the fact that I, I got my start over on the sales side because now when I deal with a lot of our sales managers on a day-to-day basis, I have a better understanding of what their needs are and, and how to accommodate them and how to make us all successful. Got it. So correct me if I'm wrong here or making any false assumptions, but for mature brands like Ortega and Cream of Wheat where increasing distribution isn't necessarily the, the main goal anymore, What's the most valuable from an ROI standpoint when it comes to sales and marketing? Is it getting that that new customer to try a product or the different portfolio products that you have, or is it trying to increase sales with your existing customer base? It's it's a great question. It's it, there's no one size fits all answer to that. Um, it, it really depends upon the brand and the categories that you're you're playing with. But what's what's very important for these some of these mature brands is innovation and how you're bringing innovation to the marketplace year in and year out. So while it is true that a lot of retailers have the original cook on stove cream of wheat out there and that that iconic red box overall, as well as some form of Ortega taco shells, perhaps what they don't have are the new 
cream of wheat flavors with fruits and nuts or the latest craze on or on Ortega, which is skillet sauces, which allows a family of four to quickly incorporate, uh, make a delicious meal that fills the taco shells as well. So I think, I think coming to the table with that innovation and being able to position it in a way that the retailers and consumers will embrace um, is a big part of helping, uh, helping grow these mature brands. So when it comes to the innovation for whether it's the the cream of wheat to go cups or these new sauces for Ortega, what goes into the the process of of determining what is whether it's going to be a product that uh, that your customers are are going to uh, I guess welcome with open arms. It starts very in the very beginning with con- the consumer insights and and also a kind of like an overview and assessment situation assessment of the of the category in general. So you look for the trends in the category. You can look also at, it doesn't always have to be that exact category. You can also look at complementary categories or similar categories as well for those trends. Uh, so you assess what's, what's hot in the marketplace. From there, you do a little homework in terms of identifying and talking to consumers about what they would actually like to see. And if, if your new innovation solves the current consumer issue that's going on overall. So I think those are the the two critical things that are first and foremost. Once you have those things locked up, then the idea process can continue. Then you further refine the idea um, and hopefully do so in a way that will deliver on on your initial promises and also will deliver some margin to uh, a creative margin to your business at the end of the day. So with large brands that have been successful over a long period of time, especially the ones that you oversee directly, there's a ton of, of getting consumer feedback and giving customers what they what they really want and being cognizant of, of the changing trends. So where where do you guys go to actually get that customer feedback? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, we, there's a couple of sources that we go to. I mean, we first start off with some secondary research sources and just look at some of the Nielsen consumption trends. And then we reach out to consumers with specific innovation projects in mind through a variety of Nielsen-focused marketing surveys and that kind of thing. So we do a lot with uh, Nielsen Basies concept screens where we reach out and provide a concept of the overall innovation that we're looking at. And uh, we put it out against our target consumers who are, who we are targeting overall and to see what kind of feedback we get we, get, we receive back on it. And sometimes we'll receive some feedback that overall they like the idea, but they feel that there's certain aspects that could be improved upon. So we, we look to further refine it from there, whether, whether or not it's a pricing issue from that point on or a different flavor variety that, uh, of product that they're looking for as well. So all that kind of feedback comes back to us through these survey type services. So speaking of innovation and kind of something that we discussed before the interview about how B&G Foods has, has recently been acquiring a lot of different food brands, just out of curiosity, what is it about those companies that makes them attractive to B&G's portfolio and as opposed to spinning off your research and development and, and creating a product yourself? Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a combination that we do here at BNG. But you're right, we we do have a model here at BG, BNG internally in terms of acquiring brands that perhaps 
were part of larger, much larger companies than BNG and that were maybe neglected over the past few years. So Green Giant is a, is a prime example of that. It's a, it's a brand, uh, it's an iconic brand really out there in the marketplace, but it's, some, it's a brand that was neglected by a larger company over the last few years. So at BNG, we look forward to taking those brands in um, and kind of revitalizing those brands with new products, innovation, a fresh new marketing approach to really breathe life into these into these iconic brands overall. So that's our, that's our model um, that's in place overall. And um, you know, we, and we do that with brands that we've recently acquired, and also uh, long-established brands that have uh, that have been part of the B and G portfolio for quite some time. As far as coming up with these new innovations or developing a marketing strategy or doing 2017 planning like you guys are currently in the midst of, there has to be so many different challenges that come with working and managing multiple different mature brands like you do. What would you say is the most challenging part of of your job in general? That's a great question. I think the most challenging part is being able to reprioritize not only your day, but your week, your month, constantly over from a day-to-day basis. So what I mean by that is you can walk into, walk into work in the morning and have a plan for what you want to do, attack for the day and for, for the upcoming month and what you think is the best use of uh, your time and the internal resources and the team's time in terms of moving things forward. And then you get into a new piece of information that can greatly alter those prospects and maybe put something else that you had further down on your list, maybe makes that rise to the top instead. So constantly trying to reprioritize uh, things as more and more information comes in with regard to innovation projects, with regard to marketing plans and and, and budgets and and what you can do, um, and what co- what the competition is doing in the marketplace, is is uh, I feel is the biggest challenge. Is there a way that you guys measure? Is when speaking of competition, the the share of voice, uh, whether it's on social media or or just in general. Uh, absolutely, we we measure we measure share of voice between ourselves, our brands, and our competition. We specifically look at that, as you mentioned, from a digital and social media standpoint. We also look at it from another media standpoint as well, from either TV, radio, or print standpoint also. So we try to measure those things and um, to make sure that we are uh, at acceptable levels and you know uh, constantly staying relevant. The digital landscape has, has offered a lot of measurability and you can really gauge what's effective and, and what's not. What I'm really curious is, how do you guys measure outside of digital when it comes to whether something is effective from a marketing standpoint or not? Sure. The initial look is reach and frequency levels. I mean, that's the first look that we look towards in terms of seeing if we achieved our goals versus category and industry benchmarks. So that's the first thing we look at. Secondly, what I what I like to look at even more important than that is, you know, did it move the needle from a sales perspective? Because that's at the end of the day, that's the goal is to to sell more product. So during that time period where we were running that promotion or we were having that that media in market, did it move the needle for us from a sales perspective? How were the lifts in in those markets and those accounts where we ran the program? And also um, looking at some of the other measures as well uh, that are important, some of the home, the, the household measures, like did we move the needle on household penetration? Did we get that to rise for, 
for the Ortega brand or for the cream of wheat brand over time. So those are important, all important measurements to see if we were successful or not. Have you guys dabbled with Ibotta at all? Uh, we have. Um, we have actually, uh, we ran on the Ibotta program with our new cream of wheat to go cups. We ran that at the end of last year. I think it spilled over to the beginning of this year, specifically around those to go items. How did that work out for you? It worked out well. Uh, we were deliberately trying to target a younger demographic, a more millennial-focused target demographics for cream of wheat to go cups through the Ibotta a campaign, and we were able to achieve that, which was great to see. Cream of wheat historically is is an iconic brand, but some it sometimes can be perceived as an older person's brand. So we wanted to try to re-engage with a younger consumer audience and reintroduce those people to the cream of wheat brand. Just out of curiosity, is there anything else uh, you mentioned you did, Ibotta, for the the launch of your cream of wheat to go cups? Uh, Is there anything else that you can point to specifically that you could say that was a really successful marketing plan or campaign, the execution, whatever it was, to that really moved the needle for you guys? Sure, absolutely. I think with Cream Wheat and the to-go cups, for example, specifically we had we had a, a very robust digital and social media program, which included Ibotta, but we also had a lot of in-store activity to support the, the new distribution of the to-go cups where we got them in distribution at in-store. So I think overlaying those two things and, and then and then including on it various consumer promotions in store as well. Those three things combined during the same time frame were really successful for us in helping move the needle. We also submitted the Cream Wheat to Go Cups for the Best New Product Awards, which is something that Better Homes and Gardens magazine has run over the last few years in terms of looking at best new products in certain categories. We were lucky enough to win uh, the best new product award on those to-go cups within the hot cereal category. So that's something that we were also able to tout in press and in print advertising also that really uh, helped move the needle for us. Congratulations. That's exciting. Thank you. How much has big data played into your role as a marketing director? It's, it definitely plays It plays a huge role. Um, from a macro trend standpoint, big data is, is crucially important to, to, as I mentioned before, to get a assessment of the category and what's going on within the category. Outside that, from a a day-to-day syndicated data standpoint, it's also critical in terms of keeping a pulse of what's going on within your category, uh, where your problem areas are within your brand, and and how you can go try to fix them. So uh, it's critical. I, I mean, I look at multiple data sources every day to constantly reassess performance and what's going on. So is that something that comes naturally to you, doing that data analysis, or was that a, a learned skill as it became more prominent? It's something that develops and becomes a more keen skill over time. You know, I was fortunate enough to have started my my work career on the sales side, as I mentioned before, and it was really an analytical role. So my very first role at a, at a school was really to analyze sales data, Nielsen IRI data, and understand average price points, you know, sales lifts, units and dollars sold on promotion, all those kind of those kind of measures. So I, I'm thankful for that because I think that builds a nice foundation for a marketing career overall because as you develop and you go further on in your career, 
you always go back to understanding those definitions and how those how those terms work in terms of analyzing analyzing your business. That's great. And just a, a few wrap up questions. Is there anything that you know now that you wish you would have have learned earlier on or had known coming into your current position? Oh, great question. <laughs> When I was a little younger in my career, I, I feel like I had I was a little a little bit more naive in terms of thinking about the length of time certain things took to execute. So you're always thinking that you can do something really quickly and make a big splash right away, and that's definitely is the case. However, you know when you especially when you're working on large innovation projects and that kind of thing, things can take a year, year and a half to really see the the end results. So I think really putting in a realistic timeline and expectations and managing those expectations is something that I've learned over the over the years and uh, not to be so um, quick to assess or make uh, make a promise that maybe you can't necessarily cannot necessarily keep. So in in that regard is it are you referring more toward the the innovation standpoint from the concept to actually commercialization or is that campaign marketing campaigns to see those sales numbers come to fruition? It it can be and it can be both, but I see it as more of a typically more of an issue from the innovation standpoint because it's it's not just you uh, you and the agency trying to um, come up with and finalize things. You're really working with a broader cross-functional team, uh, and that cross-functional teams kind of have unique challenges as well. And I know that you have a ton of things on your plate. So is there anything that you use, uh, productivity hacks, if you will, to, to stay on top of what you're doing? Um, it's, it's, a, it's a great question. I, I mean, nothing out of the ordinary that um, anybody else wouldn't take a look at. You know, what I tend to do is, it sounds pretty old school, but what I do each day is I kind of print out my, uh, my calendar for each day in terms of agenda, what meetings I have on uh, at various times, what discussions I want to have. And I just make sure that I put reminders within my calendar to follow up on certain things, you know, on certain days. And so I, I just try to make that more of a point of doing that than I have in the past. But it really helps me with a lot of different moving parts going on all the time. It really helps me stay on top of things. And it reminds me that, hey, I need to check in with with the sales manager or I need to check in with the agency on this on this particular project at this point. So uh, a fairly, fairly old school way of, of doing things, but uh, it's, it's been successful for me. Got it. Last question. Is there a one book in particular that comes to mind that uh, that you've read recently or throughout your career that has really influenced the way that you think or approach your work? Um, that's a that's a great question. Nothing nothing comes to mind as a, from a recent standpoint. As opposed to books, I'm more of an industry magazine type of uh, type of reader. So I I tend to like to look at food industry magazines, both from a consumer standpoint and from a tra- uh, like trade publication standpoint. So I like to look at different ways of looking at it through a consumer lens and also through a trade lens. And I also like to look at magazines from other industries. I always feel that you can learn a lot from different industries about maybe applying some of the things that they're doing well there to what you're doing. And it could be something that represents itself as being fairly unique. So that's what I tend to do and what I like to do um, 
a consistent basis as opposed to really having that one go-to book. That's great. So where can people find out more about all the new products that you guys are, are innovating with right now? Oh, absolutely. Um, we tend to put our new products up on our website and on our Facebook page for the various uh, the various items. And we, you know, we tend not to share information on the new items to the public and uh, until they're launched. But we're happy to say that you know we're we're looking to launch a, a, a number of new items for cream of wheat in the beginning of 2017 and for Ortega uh, during the middle of 2017. Well, that'll be exciting to see. And thank you so much for, for coming on to Food Marketing Nerds. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. It's been a the pleasure all mine. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for everything. All right. Thank you so much, Juve. Thank you all again so much for listening to the podcast. And if you guys are finding any value or enjoying what you're listening to, we would really appreciate if you could go over to iTunes and give us your honest feedback in the ratings and review section. It would really help us out. So thank you all again. And we'll look forward to talking to you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Food Marketing Nerds Podcast. For interview transcripts or to download your free social media ebook, check out foodmarketingnerds.com. <laughs>